on July 9, 2020, I presented a webinar with my friend Jerry Truex on COVID-19 conspiracy theories and the mark of the beast. In this podcast, I'm only going to speak about the conspiracy theories part. If you'd like to hear the entire webinar and see the slides that went with it, you can look it up on my YouTube account. That's youtube.com slash philstromain, P-H-I-L-S-T-R-O-M-A-I-N. And there you'll find it, and so I hope you do. But for podcast purposes, we'll just focus now on a few things about conspiracy theories in general, a few common ones that concern COVID-19, and maybe point you to some resources on where to deal with that. First, let's begin by talking about the word conspiracy. It's generally defined as a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. So it has a negative connotation. You might say, well, what about a surprise party? Is that a conspiracy? Well, it kind of is. It's more sneaky planning, you might say. Some conspiracies are real. The bad booze conspiracy that the government initiated during the time of prohibition. Government instigated revolutions. Big tobacco hiding cancer research. There are websites and books describing various conspiracies, and you can look them up. In almost every case, conspiracies are blown open by journalists who find access to hidden data. Sometimes government investigations find them as well. A conspiracy theory is something else. It's not simply a theory about a conspiracy. It's a whole new term. It really ought to be hyphenated conspiracy hyphen theory. A conspiracy theory is a hypothetical proposition that a conspiracy is taking place even when evidence to the contrary has been conclusively established. In other words, there can be no conspiracy. It's been refuted. Generally, this is a disparaging term. It's not a compliment to be told that you're caught up in a conspiracy theory, in other words. And they can be on a wide range of topics. One I remember, you know, from a few years ago is that the moon landing was staged in a studio somewhere in Hollywood. You might have also heard that Elvis is alive. There's lots of conspiracy theories about JFK assassination. When I was in high school in the 60s, one of my uh, teachers was kind of caught up in one of those and liked to talk about them in class, and he was sure... He had the correct answer. Conspiracy theory that Jesus survived the crucifixion and married Mary Magdalene and went on to have children with her and lived to a ripe old age. That conspiracy theory was uh, referenced and used to some extent in the book The Da Vinci Code. And of course there's a, a perennial one that Some secret Illuminati group runs the world. They are the ones in control of everything, pulling the strings of history. A few characteristics of conspiracy theories. Be on the lookout for these. And one I just mentioned, that there's some powerful group in the background that's in charge. Call them the Deep State, the Illuminati, 
Sometimes it's attributed to the Masons. When I was in college, a trilateral commission was uh, thought to be such a group that was in charge of things, and I myself was kind of interested in that for a while until I discovered that everybody knew about it and and their meetings were planned and the minutes of their meetings were published that this wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It was Europe and the United States and Japan trying to cooperate on economic policies. So some powerful group is trying to run things or running things, and people or institutions are uh, witting and unwitting pawns of this secret group. A second characteristic, official explanations are inherently untrustworthy because they're skewed by agents of the secret group who have infiltrated institutions. They have their spies everywhere. And in terms of COVID-19 conspiracies, Dr. Anthony Fauci is often mentioned as one such untrustworthy person. The World Health Organization is, in some conspiracy theories, just filled with these turncoat characters. Number three, gaps in official explanations prove that it's fallacious. So you take the precise origin of the virus. Did it jump from a bat or some other animal to the human? Did it escape from a Chinese lab? Most scientists that I've heard and read about uh, their reports and studies seem to think it's passed from a bat to a human. But we will say questions remain, and that's that term, questions remain, is all that it takes for a conspiracy theory to jump in and say, you see, you see, they're not telling us everything. A fourth characteristic is circular reasoning that evidence for their theory is proof, and even evidence against it in terms of official explanations is proof. So when you try to refute it, you say, oh, well, that's what the government says. So if the government says something, it can't be true. And if something that goes against what the government says is is presented, well, that must be true. Another characteristic, that science is one opinion among many. And science is a tool used to control and manipulate. The changing story of science suggests that its explanations are somewhat arbitrary. So conspiracy theorists here will point out that in late February and early March, Dr. Fauci was saying, oh, you don't really need to use a mask. We're not sure that the virus is transmitted through airborne means And later he says, oh, yes, yes, use a mask. So which is it? Which is true? And, of course, with science, the more we learn, the more we know, and that guides our policy guidelines as well. And a final characteristic, there are those who get it and those who don't. So it's kind of based on faith, more than faith than evidence. Conspiracy theorists will cite a certain amount of evidence, but at some point there's a giant leap of faith that takes place. You have to believe this. And once you believe it, all kinds of things fall in place. So this begins to sound somewhat like a religion. Only religions, good religion at least, doesn't violate the norms of reason.
Conspiracy theorists, therefore, are Gnostics of sorts, people who are in the know. And if you're an adherent of a conspiracy theory, you feel like you're really special, like you know what's really going on and other people don't. And I think that's one of the psychological payoffs of believing in a conspiracy theory. Let's look now at a few conspiracy theories about COVID-19. One of them, and don't laugh when I say it, is that it's spread by 5G. 5G refers to fifth generation connectivity technology for mobile phones. If you're listening to this, you may be listening to a phone that is 5G enabled. Most phones are still 4G. So what's wrong with 5G? Well, if you're a conspiracy theorist, what you believe is that the kind of waves that are being emitted by 5G towers make us sick. And uh, that's really, you know, one of the primary explanations of the COVID-19 syndrome, as they're likely to call it. Now, there are other contentious discussions in the culture about 5G that are going on in credible circles concerning just, for example, how secure the equipment used to transmit 5G waves can be. Uh, much of it is uh, manufactured in China. Uh, you may have heard the term Huawei, the company Huawei, mentioned in connection with 5G. So is it safe? Is it secure? Those are separate questions, and the conspiracy theorists aren't particularly interested in those except insofar as it has a connection with China, which is where the virus began, of course. Hmm, isn't that interesting? So a second theory is that the virus doesn't even actually exist, that the COVID syndrome is an immune response to 5G and or the flu vaccine. So many of them believe that the virus is transmitted by the flu vaccine or that it's a response to the flu vaccine, or that the flu vaccine makes us in some way vulnerable to a real virus. So you see, these explanations can be all over the place and can even contradict each other to some extent. I had a Facebook friend, well, she's a friend that goes back even longer to some online courses I did years ago, who's really caught up in the anti-vax movement. And she was promoting this idea that COVID-19 is only to be found among people who've been vaccinated for the flu. And of course, that's a terrible logical fallacy to say, well, she says, everyone I know who had it, who has COVID-19, also was vaccinated for the flu, which may be true. It's a correlation, but it's not always true. Some people who have COVID-19 weren't vaccinated for the flu. So I pointed some of this out and was promptly unfriended and blocked and uh, had some nasty message on Facebook Messenger. When I tried to respond, that was blocked. So, lordy, you don't mess with some of these conspiracy theories. Another one is that it's a plot hyped by the deep state to overthrow Donald Trump. So deep state here is our secret group. That's one way of naming it here. And it simply refers to government employees, uh, civil servants, who have often some level of security clearance, who are 
in cahoots with each other to use the information that they're privy to to somehow pass it along and organize it in a way to make, oh, to promote the conspiracy theory. In this case, that uh, Donald Trump is, uh, is uh, you know, a problem. They want to un- overthrow him. However, in other conspiracy theories, Trump is a kind of a messianic character who is standing up to the deep state. So again, contradictory explanations. There's not one coherent conspiracy theory. I'll tell you about one in a minute that seems to kind of integrate a number of them. But So in some conspiracy theories, Trump is a villain to be overthrown, and coronavirus is used as a way to discredit him. In others, Trump and his, uh, let's say, uh, oh, just unwillingness to take this whole thing very seriously, to wear a mask and things like that, proves that he's kind of really on to the conspiracy theory, and he's he's not going to go down that route and make us believe there's a real virus, you know, that can make us sick, something like that. That virus is a biological weapon escaped from a Chinese lab, and the Chinese are trying to get us and weaken our culture and so forth. That's another conspiracy theory. And I mentioned it earlier that most scientists seem to believe that it escaped from uh, a bat, that, that a virus in a bat jumped over to a human somewhere, somehow, perhaps in a wet market in China, perhaps hunters, who knows. It's true that there are labs in China that study various viruses and to see which viruses uh, might uh, be able to make that jump onto humans. And I think the United States and other countries actually participated and interacted with them about that. It's something to keep an eye on. Obviously, a pandemic is a very serious matter that can hurt us our public health, our economies, and so forth. That theory has been debunked. It was actually promoted, in this case, by Donald Trump and members of his administration. To some degree, they seem to have backed off on it. But you have to think of what a horrible biological weapon this would be, that it kills primarily old people, people who are elderly and health-compromised, and leaves the young intact which is the last thing you'd want to do with a biological weapon. You'd want to do maybe the opposite, the people who can fight and who can continue to the next generation. Now, here's the big one. A conspiracy theory that COVID-19 is a plot to help encourage vaccinating large numbers of people who can then be tracked by the government through a kind of an imaging technology a tracking technology injected through the vaccine. And Bill Gates is often mentioned in connection with that particular conspiracy theory. So 5G, the virus doesn't exist, deep state, biological weapon, flu vaccines, vaccination, and so forth. These are all in the mix. There is a Facebook meme that I became aware of recently and was disappointed to find that it was being promoted by a person who um, was a spiritual director and friend of mine. So this is what the meme says. You do realize that this whole thing is meant to collapse the economy 
get rid of Trump, bring in socialized medicine, divide and chip everyone, and eventually have a new world order, right? And there's an emoji of an angry face next to the right. So this whole thing, meaning the virus, the pandemic, to collapse the economy to get rid of Trump. Yet the whole world is in on that. Everybody's willing to collapse their economies to get rid of Trump. Small countries in Africa, little third world countries, willing to tank their economy and to do something horrible like bring in socialized medicine and, of course, the vaccine and some sort of tracking device and a new world order and there's the secret society. So it's got elements of all of those those COVID-19 conspiracies sort of placed in a narrative form here. And that's what's interesting about that one. Now here's another narrative that's making the rounds, and this one begins to take it into a kind of a, a spiritual and even a, a religious dimension. So I'm going to read it. It, it takes a while. It, you notice it's, it's kind of well written, and I'll say something about that too. Simply put, the hidden hand of the dark world, the Illuminati and the agents of Satan are at work. The whole thing was planned and contrived over the centuries, and they are firmly on course. They are trying to destroy us all and establish a new world order in the name of Lucifer and place us under the rulership of Beelzebub and the Prince of Darkness. Coronavirus, or COVID-19, is part and parcel of that unholy and evil agenda. It is a ravenous beast and an unrelenting evil plague. It is a demonic spirit that they cultivated and manufactured through the introduction and usage of 5G and that they invoked from the pit of hell. Wuhan, China was used as the launching pad and it has been unleashed to bring panic, fear, destruction, chaos, and death to humanity and to destroy our way of life, the world's economy, and the way in which we conduct our affairs on planet Earth. Corona itself is evil, but the vaccine that they will eventually introduce to cure it is the real killer. It will be infinitely worse than the original plague. When it is manufactured and released to the public, it will kill millions and cut down the world population. And that, of course, is their purpose. Now notice how that's fairly well written. It's coherent. It's, uh, I don't say, no grammatical errors or misspelled words. Someone reading this might think, you know, holy smoke, you know, this is pretty serious stuff. And maybe it's not all true, but... Uh, obviously, something so strongly worded and a narrative so strongly stressed like this, some parts of it must be true. That itself is a logical fallacy. It can all be true or it can all be false. And in this case, it's all false. Moving along now to another narrative that tries to pull together a number of these disparate conspiracy theories was the movie Plandemic. A spiritual director friend notified me about it, wondering what I thought, and sent me the link, which was a YouTube link. So I watched it and took notes to fact check. I just wrote down a number of questions 
And then when I went to watch it again, it had been pulled down. So what, what it, and, and this happened all throughout social media, that people kept putting it up and then the media kept pulling it down, and I'll tell you why that in a minute. What Plandemic is, is a 26-minute video widely circulated on social media, an interview with a Dr. Judy Makovitz. Uh, Judy Makovitz uh, uh, has, has some noteworthy credentials and once made quite a name for herself by publishing a paper that uh, suggested that chronic fatigue syndrome was a consequence of a viral infection. That was later proven false. She's since become a a pronounced uh, anti-vaxxer, spokesperson for the anti-vaccine movement. She promotes various conspiracy theories about COVID-19 in this in this uh, movie, one of which is that masks are harmful and there are ways to actually activate the virus and all this stress on wearing masks is to try to get us sick. Another one that hydroxychloroquine is actually an effective treatment. And the, you know, government, especially Trump, knows that and wants us to get well but the people who are uh, pulling for the virus, who are rooting for the virus, want to discourage it. All over the world, health scientists are discouraging. They're in on this thing. They're discouraging hydroxychloroquine because they know it helps us and they want to keep us sick. The flu vaccine, she says, increases the odds of getting COVID-19. There's just so many things wrong with this movie. And when it came out, I... I made the rounds on Facebook a few times to see health professionals speaking out about this part of it and that part of it, and I was glad to see that. And again, YouTube and Twitter and other uh, social media outlets were taking it down because they don't want to be promoting things that are harmful to the public. From its first post, a week later, it had had over two and a half million interactions, including many people who downloaded it. So it's very popular. And even though it's difficult to find now, the information that it communicated sort of became mainstream in the conspiracy theory arena quite quickly. So this is one where fact checkers came in handy and I think uh, were effective in getting pandemic pulled down. Something that interests me even more than the conspiracy theories themselves are the factors that contribute to people believing in conspiracy theories in the first place. The first one uh, factor that I, I got in touch with and in reading around about conspiracy theories that was, uh, introduced, that was uh, put out there again and again is an ignorance of science, that people don't seem to understand how science works. They expect black, white, final answers, and when they don't get that, and when science you know, seemingly, seemingly contradicts itself, they think, well, science is just kind of fumbling its way along. They're just, they don't really know what they're doing or saying. So there's that. And once, once we pull the rug out for science, you know, once we're not using science as a, a foundation for discerning which is true, what's true and what's not, 
then we're kind of on our own. We're just dealing with opinions from there on. There's a distrust of social institutions. We've heard so much about the media being called fake news, so people have distrust of much of the media. Are the media telling us the truth? Do they have vested interests? Distrust of political leadership. Our health agencies have been politicized, and so that's a problem. A third contributing factor is social media. Social media, like Facebook, Twitter, and so many others, can quickly proliferate misinformation. It's just astonishing to me how often people will pass along something, and, and sometimes they'll pass it on to me. They'll ask me, so what do you think of this? And their question is not based on whether I think it's true or not. It, it's like they're assuming it's true, so what do you think about this truth? And my first impulse is always to ask, well, is it in fact true? Is this information worth even considering and reflecting on? But, you know, if you put it in print and it looks nice there and maybe make a nice, sharp-looking meme about it, people will believe it. And anybody can instantly publish something. You can, you know, call attention to your friends and they can pass it on. Social media is loosely moderated. I know they've made an effort to try to pull down information that is harmful in terms of uh, dealing with COVID-19, but... They can't keep up with all of that. Cable news can be a problem in that it politicizes public health information. No better example of that than this brouhaha about the drug hydroxychloroquine. So there is some anecdotal evidence that it did some good for some people, along with a couple of other drugs that were taken with it. And then some cable news people got hold of it and interviewed the doctors that had noticed those effects, and they publicized it. And, like, why isn't our government promoting this? Why, why aren't the drug companies doing this? Why aren't our health agencies promoting this? One of them, Laura Ingraham, is a friend of President Trump and went to visit him in the Oval Office. How appropriate that is, I don't know, to encourage him to promote hydroxychloroquine as a cure for COVID-19. And he did, and he even took it himself. So now we have a situation where the president is promoting a drug and a media company is promoting a drug, and anybody who's, who's resisting that and saying, let's go slowly and let's give it better, more testing, and you know, we can't just go on anecdotal information where people who are raising cautions about that are considered uh, somehow enemies of public health. And cable news was instrumental in making that happen. Going along with that is a lack of critical thinking skills. How can we sift out what's true and not true? And Well, one way, of course, is to fact check something, is to see, is the data that they're using credible data in the first place? So we can examine this. We can just ask the question in, into a search engine and see what we come up with. Then how do we decide, you know, what's worthy in our considerations about the data? How do we make critical judgments? How do we come up with fact-based explanations? 
that's really what science is about. Science is uh, an exercise in critical thinking skills, a communal endeavor in that pursuit. So when people don't have critical thinking skills, they get into black-white thinking. They get into emotional thinking about issues that need to be thought of more critically. A contributing factor, another one in the case of COVID-19 conspiracies, is the anti-vaccination movement. Now, I wasn't all that aware of this, but it's apparently quite a large movement that's been around for some years and growing, and they're quite vociferous. Some 10 to 20% of the population opposes vaccinations, even routine vaccinations like for polio or other diseases that have been practically eradicated because of vaccinations. These tend to be younger people. They tend to be less educated. They believe that vaccines contribute to autism, a study that was published some years ago and discredited. They believe that natural immunity is preferable to the immunity that we develop from vaccination, which is absurd. I mean, natural immunity to smallpox or polio might leave you, you know, with considerable damage for the rest of your life. So the anti-vax movement is a big part of what's happening, a big part of the crowd involved in COVID-19 conspiracy theories. A few headlines, this one from Business Insider. I'll read the headline and you can look up the whole article and learn more about it. Anti-vaxxers are already opposing a coronavirus vaccine that doesn't exist and their movement could mean the virus never goes away. From Business Insider. Another one from early June, June 6th. How Bill Gates became the voodoo doll of COVID conspiracies. That's from the BBC. This one from May 22nd, BuzzFeed. Bill Gates' conspiracy theories have circulated for years. It took the coronavirus pandemic to turn him into a fake villain. Okay, actual headlines that you can look up. Now, what's going on here? Here's another one from Rolling Stone magazine. Half of Fox News viewers believe Bill Gates wants to use virus vaccines to track you, New Poll says. And the New Poll is one that was published by Yahoo News and YouGov did a, a survey and the summary of the survey, according to a new uh, Yahoo News YouGov poll, 44% of Republicans believe that Bill Gates is plotting to use a mass COVID-19 vaccination campaign as a pretext to implant microchips in billions of people and monitor their movements. The survey, which was conducted May 20th and 21st, found that only 26% of Republicans as a whole correctly identify the story as false. In contrast, just 19% of Democrats believe the same spurious narrative about the Microsoft founder and public health philanthropist. A majority of Democrats recognize that it's not true. 
So earlier I mentioned this alliance between cable news and the proliferation of misinformation. And so here, here we have an example of that. So 44% of Republicans believe that Bill Gates is plotting to use the vaccine to implant microchips in people. And that translates into half of Fox News viewers. Many Fox News viewers are Republicans. So what's going on here, though? How did they even come up with this allegation? Well, let's look at it briefly, because this is one of the strongest ones. Gates and his foundation have contributed millions to help vaccinate people throughout the world. These vaccinations have focused primarily on childhood diseases, often in third world countries where people had no access to vaccinations. He's helped millions of people become free of these these ancient killers that were still ravaging cultures. That uh, And he thought, you know, I could use my fortune to really help people. A 25-cent vaccine could could save someone from having polio or some other really nasty disease. And so he's put his fortune to use that way, and he's really studied it and done his research. He didn't just do this carelessly. So a few things happened along the way. Interviews that he's given that have been misunderstood, but a little bit about uh, the Fox News connection here. One of the Fox and Friends anchors, Brian Kilmead, announces that he gets no flu shot because flu shots are uh, not particularly effective, he'll say. And that depends on what year we're talking about and what they're putting in the vaccine. Sort of suggest from that that all vaccines maybe aren't so helpful as well. Another Fox News contributor some years ago, a, a young woman named Bray Payton, was an anti-vaxxer. She said vaccines were of the devil, and she opposed vaccinations, and she herself died of the swine flu in 2009. Sean Hannity on Fox News frequently traffics in conspiracy theories, mentions them favorably many, many times, more than anyone else on television. So there's sort of a conspiracy theory mindset that you'll find on Fox makes Fox viewers a little more open to conspiracy theories about COVID-19 than people who watch other cable channels. A little more on the Gates issue then. You can look this one up on Snopes.com. And the headline is, Are Bill Gates and the ID2020 Coalition Using COVID-19 to Build a Global Surveillance State? So as we mentioned, Gates does support vaccinations, and he's put his money to work to help people become vaccinated all around the world. He's also supported national contact tracing and has spoken highly of the South Korea system, which used contact tracing to really snuff out the coronavirus in their country. Early on, South Korea had one of the largest outbreaks in the world. The country is right next to China, and they had huge infections taking place in late uh, February and early March. But the government there put into practice a number of policies that worked, that snuffed it out. People were masked, they social distanced. They did it without even a lockdown. But contact tracing was 
uh, a way in which they use their phones to find out who has the virus and if if you have the virus, who have you been in contact with to alert people who might have been in contact with someone with the virus so that they will be sure to quarantine so we don't pass this thing around. Gates has also funded research into something called quantum dots, molecular structures that react to infrared light that could help to indicate vaccination status in a person in a country where they don't have good health records. So if you've been vaccinated, you you know, this quantum dot under the right kind of light could indicate whether you've been vaccinated or not. That's never been tested on humans. It's supposedly years away, and it would be helpful in some countries that have poor record keeping. He's also been involved in ID2020. This is a project for implanting a digital device or using a fingerprint with the person's permission to uh, help keep track of their records, including medical records, to store them on the cloud, would not be injected by a vaccine. There have been small pilot studies in some countries. There's no sinister plan here to depopulate the world, to have a lower birth rate and so forth, or have the government track our movements. The Snopes article concludes, in sum, the contention that Gates is using COVID-19 as a pretense to inject monitoring devices into humans relies on a misrepresentation of the research he has funded, the methods those projects have employed, and confusion over what a digital identity seeks to achieve. If and when a vaccine for COVID-19 comes, it will not be capable of tracking your movements or reporting any data to any entity whatsoever. None of the technology discussed by Gates is even capable of such a task. Which doesn't stop paranoid people from saying, hey, he promotes vaccines. Hey, he's all for research into quantum dots. Hey, he's involved with ID2020. Let's put it all together, you know? And there you have it, Bill Gates working with the Illuminati to control the world. So you can look up the rather detailed article on Snopes.com. Again, the title, Are Bill Gates and the ID2020 Coalition Using COVID-19 to Build a Global Surveillance State? Now, this is serious stuff because already we're hearing that large numbers of people don't want to be vaccinated. And Dr. Anthony Fauci has noted that that could really jeopardize the way whether or not the country comes to a herd immunity. You need 60 to 70 percent or more of a people to develop some to develop immunity to a pathogen uh, before it begins to sort of fade away or not be such a serious threat to public health. And if people refuse to get vaccinated, well, that that reduces the number of people contributing to herd immunity. Well, from here, the webinar moved to looking at how these theories, especially the vaccination theory and uh, with some sort of tracking device, might interface, and in fact does in some circles, with some conspiracy theories that are connected with the Book of Revelations. Stories about potential tracking devices have raised questions about the mark of the beast in Revelations chapter 13. In verse 16, 
it says, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he who has the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name, he being this uh, this sort of antichrist character who really wants to control the people. So, in this understanding, COVID-19 vaccines will be a global delivery system for a tracking device that will be used by the beast, the, the devil, really, to track our lives, control us. We won't be able to buy or sell unless we have this mark. It will, I guess, supplant credit cards or whatever. Now, at this point, my friend Jerry took over and talked about the book of Revelation and what it has to say about that beast and the mark of that beast. And he put it in a historical context where it related to Roman emperors and the mark really meaning more about the coinage they were using and some marks on the coins that uh, indicated that the emperor was a divine being and that was such a scandal to the early Christian community. And so the struggles that Christians were having back then, even about whether to use these coins that proclaimed the emperor as, as divine when they believed that Jesus was the Lord. So you can look that up, uh, a headline on Yahoo News. Some evangelicals fear the mark of the beast from a coronavirus vaccine. And you'll find a number of hits on that one and descriptors of what they're saying about that. His conclusion was at least that part. There's really no basis for tying the book of Revelations into that. It's not talking about that, and we can't even extrapolate analogically to what's happening now. So they're just kind of out in left field with these theories about that. So that gives you some overview of what's going on. And there are more conspiracy theories coming out all the time. The important thing is to think critically about them, to trust first and foremost what our public health leaders are saying about what the virus is and how it works and how it spreads and how to keep ourselves safe. And so I think if we do that and don't buy into the conspiracy theories, we'll be in a pretty good place. But knowing about them, and I hope this teaching helped you to learn a little more about them, can help us to be more aware and perhaps even dialogue with people who do get caught up in that. You take care, stay safe, God bless.